Hey, good morning. It's Saturday, August 21st, 2021. Took yesterday off, but trying to stick with the same show pace, and there's a lot to update you on. Not only from the week, just from yesterday. I mean, it's a daily news uh, fiesta for the press. Uh, They are uh, turning in a way I never thought they'd turn against Joe Biden, but I wouldn't and don't buy into the idea that they're changing. They're not going to change. And there's something there's something up here with the media elite, the personalities that help Joe Biden get elected, if not get him elected. I think COVID combined with our completely failing press made it happen for Joe Biden. It is the only way, the only that's the only way someone with his cognitive decline, with his terrible reputation, his terrible record in Washington would win or even come close. I'm not saying he got 81 million votes in the popular vote. That just, that doesn't wash. But he did win. However he did, a lot of people voted for him. And they voted for him, one, because he was able to be in the basement for his entire campaign and the press campaigned for him, right? They were basically a substitute for the shell of a man that Joe Biden is and more so has become. And he was always, he was always adult, a boob. He was kind of the big gaffer in D.C., you know, the senator from Delaware, and they put him on Obama's ticket to essentially, I don't know, put a little more gray hair, I think, in, into, the, into, the, uh, into the mix, kind of like Cheney for Bush. They used the term gravitas, and Biden was kind of the, you know, the seasoned veteran that would add a little experience to the ticket because I think Obama had been a senator for two years and before that a community activist. So now what we had from 2008 to 2016 were two guys that have never had a real job. And so that hasn't helped where we are today. And then, of course, what happens after a a term with Donald Trump that the press would not tolerate. I mean, from the moment he won, there were stories about, him. you know, collusion with Russia, impeachment, sexual assault, anything that was mentioned or if they could think up, they would just lie about a source and report a story. And I mean, it, it. one of these days I'm going to go back and just review how pathetic it was because it shows how implicit they are in why we are where we at, where we are at today. We're where we are at because Joe Biden won the election or he was installed as president and COVID's to blame. I mean, they, they used it as an excuse. These individual states, state secretaries of state, to change the election rules at the last minute. And people were clearly unhappy with that and saw why we should be unhappy with that when hundreds of thousands of ballots are dropped in the middle of the night, when ballots are counted without supervision, and all these shady things happened. And all of a sudden we wake up January, or was it November 5th, the day after the election, and Joe Biden has a lead in states like Pennsylvania. When we went to bed, Trump was up 600,000 votes or some odd. And so people were upset. And so let's talk about what happened yesterday regarding the insurrection, what a word, that they, the press, labeled early. As soon as there were riots, as soon as there was some criminal activity in D.C. on January 6th, the press went to work. They knew this could be a way for them to marginalize any talk of Donald Trump having a future political career. And they failed, which is great. But a lot of those people there were upset that they did feel the election was stolen or was just downright shady. 
And so they went to D.C. to demonstrate and protest peacefully. And a few people got out of hand, one, because there was really lax security outside of the Capitol building and on the Capitol steps. You have kind of a mob surge, and all of a sudden there are people walking around the Capitol building floor illegally. I mean, you're trespassing. You, you really can't be there in that manner. But at the same time, the taxpayers pay everybody's salary in that building and pay for that building. So there should be some balance. This poor woman, that Air Force veteran, was shot and killed. Uh, the FBI made some announcements yesterday. They announced that the officer involved, that wasn't the FBI, the state Capitol Police announced that the officer involved, the officer who shot that young woman, will not be facing any charges. He's essentially been exonerated. And uh, I hate that word because law enforcement has no business exonerating anybody because we are fucking innocent and already exonerated before we are convicted. I don't care what we're charged with. But that didn't work for the insurrection. And so we now know, according to the FBI yesterday, this is amazing. They're basically closing the investigation. They don't have any evidence of any kind of conspiracy, collusion, or any kind of coordination, as we all knew on January 6th. But if you look at a media montage, one played by Tucker Carlson, and there have been a few out there, of how all of the press talking heads referred to that event on January 6th. I mean, they even had interviews with James Comey, the utmost disgraced former director of the FBI. And they're out there pushing the insurrection and imminent threat of essentially white supremacists and Trump supporters immediately after a few people kicked some doors in and scared the poor old little members of Congress like Osario Cortez, what the fuck her name is. I, I like that I haven't said her name in a while. You know, recently she basically cried in a hearing and said she had PTSD. Victimhood. People like her, millions of them, love being a victim, especially when they weren't. But so now the FBI said it's nothing. N nothing compared to what we were told for months it was without question, just like Russian collusion. Ah, no need to look, guys. Tons of evidence. Tons of evidence, right? Adam Schiff, the pathetic congressman from California, comes out a few years back and says, he's seen it. I've seen the evidence. I mean, he completely lied. And the press lied. They weren't interested in looking at the evidence. They haven't been in years. They just editorialize what they see and what they want to conclude. And that's what they tell us. Now, we're not stupid enough to buy it. If they make a good case, we should look into it. There never was. We, we, we believe our eyes. We saw the video. I watched some. Some of it was funny. You know, them locking the front door and guys storming the, I mean, storming, walking around the Capitol floor, taking selfies, a dude dressed as like Buffalo Bill or whatever the hell he was. And now that guy became the figurehead and the leader of this insurrection. I mean, most of them were just trolling. Unfortunately, a few people, as mobs do, peel off and start kicking in the door that would access what I believe is the House floor. And that's where you had congressional members hiding or trying to get out. And that's a line you don't want to cross. I don't think that cop needed to fire blind at that girl and kill her. I'm not sure if he needs to be charged, but it just seems like they were really happy to put that away. And if you want to follow up what I believe is a very credible news outlet, there's revolver.com and they have just um, released basically just after reading the indictments from the January 6th riot, 
that upwards of 20 co-conspirators, so names named in there, who committed serious crimes are not being indicted, right? So the FBI yesterday said essentially 90% of the people there were basically just there protesting and that it was just, you know, individuals, like I've said from the beginning, that got out of hand and committed crimes. But the people being charged actually in, in, or who are indicted committed less serious crimes than about 20 people who are being or who are not being pursued, who many believe are somehow employed or coordinating with the DOJ, which is the FBI. Think about this. There could really be some kind of conspiracy. And you know, if you're a QAnon guy, a QB, don't, don't get excited that one of your 100 ideas is right. That's how conspiracies work. About one out of 100 are true. Unfortunately, we never get to find out which one. And so that means we shouldn't really believe most that we hear until we find actual evidence. Well, there's something going on here with these indictments. And I don't know what's going to happen. Because if we had a real press corps, they would be all over this. Can you imagine if it was the, I mean, the opposite? And there were people from Trump's administration potentially on these indictments, this would be 24-7 on the networks. I mean, they'd be breaking in. They'd be cutting off The Bachelor, God forbid. The Today Show would have to actually do some reporting. And so this is this is probably going to go away, folks, but think about it. There are people on that indictment who aren't going to be charged, who aren't going to be pursued, who committed the most serious crimes, who might have coordinated some things, and might be employed by the FBI or the DOJ. Keep in mind, this is the same FBI that had undercover agents involved in the assassination, well, the kidnapping and hostage attempt, hostage taking attempt of the governor of Michigan, who I'm no fan of. We shouldn't be. She's a dictator, has been since COVID came on. But the FBI had people involved, instead of stopping it and making arrests, these guys initiated it in a way there's evidence of this they weren't and i'm again the doj is going to protect itself these are the people that are the department of justice on our behalf who we pay who we pay to look out for our safety for our security and the fbi had people involved in an undercover operation in essentially creating the plan the fbi agents and informants conspired to organize this hostage-taking attempt, this kidnapping attempt, what could have been an assassination. What's going on there? Who's, who's looking into that? Well, not anything led by the Democrats, because the Democrats have been in bed with the CIA, with the FBI, for decades and decades. Same with the press. Our press absolutely loves them a CIA leak or an FBI leak, and they get tons. And they want to pursue or protect these institutions, even to the point where they would allow, knowingly allow, the FBI or the CIA to become a danger to you and me, to the American people. And so what now? Well, now we have a potential war situation in Afghanistan. So... The real insurrection, the Taliban overthrowing the Afghan government 
in a little over a week. Keep in mind, that government that fell cost American taxpayers $90 billion over 20 years. And what's happening now is people are finally looking at what's gone on. And there were press over there. And I don't know why we didn't hear stories. Maybe they were afraid. Maybe they were only shown certain things. But it's starting to sound like once we were done with our initial interdiction, going into Afghanistan under Operation Enduring, Enduring Freedom and taking out Al-Qaeda and the Taliban as best we could. I mean, we, we took them down, down to sand. If you remember Daisy Cutter bombs? I mean, we made them pay, and we should. We did the right thing there. Once we decided to stay and train that military, it became a joke, and it became a joke very, very quickly. And in, over time, we've been lied to. I don't know how else to say it. This spans both parties, and what we had, everyone knew. Apparently, once you had a trained Afghan unit, you needed to run a mission before payday because once they got paid, they disappeared. You didn't know who was coming back. So you train guys, spend a month, get them ready. I mean, they're probably not ready to do anything, but you better do something. If you want to do a mission, do it before payday because if you do it after, you got nobody. You don't have a unit. They're disappearing. We didn't know this, right? I mean, you've probably seen the video of these sad saps trying to do jumping jacks. This goes back years. And I said it then because I had a you know, front row seat. And when you have a, a population of men that have been emasculated and subdued for decades, that live in fear and have children that live in fear, it breeds this beta persona. And these are not men that are used to speaking out, are used to really doing anything much physical. They're not allowed to do things that we were allowed to do as children, as young men and women. And so when these guys all of a sudden are told, okay, we're going to train you to be soldiers and kill people, you're working with yogurt. There's nothing. There's nothing to form. And that was something we clearly didn't address and fix we just passed it along and we had monster defense contractors involved that got paid every month, every year for 20 years on stretching this out and just making sure we had no idea how bad the Afghan army could be in mass. We had elite trained units. I mean, the cream did rise to the crop, but as a standing army, they folded like lawn chairs as soon as we left. And our guys on the ground knew that. And yes, this problem, I don't know what the Trump administration actually knew. I don't, you know, when you have commanders on the ground out there in Afghanistan, this is the military that I have a lot of problems with. And people that are interested in getting promoted, when you go in, if you're deployment, you're a general or you're a one-star general and you want it, you're being assigned a command position in Kabul, which is a big time job. You got it for about probably a year. You're going over there. Right, You have a change of command, you take over, and you see there's problems. Well, if you say something, you're calling out your boss. Because guess what the guy who left? So when you had a change of command and the command was handed over to you, that command power came from somebody that got promoted out of that job and is now your boss, probably outranks you, probably got his second star. What do you do? Well, you do what all these saps do. You keep your head down, you push the paper, 
you run some missions, you don't say shit, and then you hand the baton, you pass it over, and you get promoted. That's what happened. The military is not good at policing itself, especially when the policing is required of a subordinate to go after his or her boss. It takes a lot of sand. And if you miss, if you're wrong, your career is done. And sometimes, even when you hit it right on the target, your career is done. Because guess who decides if you're promoted? All of your senior officers. Well, as you get into the general ranks, two-star, three-star generals, guess what? There's not many people over you. So it's a small group who decides if you get promoted, if you get a good command, a better job. And that's my theory is when this went sideways, we had a bunch of commanders who knew it's only a one. When you deploy, you only go at max for one year, for one tour. Get in and get out. Make sure nothing breaks. Do your job. Shut up. And that's what happened, I believe. I cannot imagine somebody in the Trump administration wanting to pull out in any way knowing what a mess it was on the ground. And I don't think Trump would pull everybody out. I think we'd still have at least 2,000 troops there if he's still president, just like we have 900 troops in Syria, which Biden now knows, didn't know during his interview on ABC. But the Afghan army wasn't ready for any of this. They couldn't read their diplomas after they'd finish their initial training. And so here we are. I mean, they went down, and I can't blame, I mean, these guys, even the few that probably could have fought you're not going to fight the Taliban alone or in small numbers. And so they rolled over us. And we left weapons behind for our Afghan army to use to defend against the Taliban that they probably had no idea how to use. Again, we've got guys that couldn't read their diplomas from their basic initial training. There were reporters in time about how they had them upside down. So they went through an entire course without being able to read. We just pushed these guys through. Typical government bullshit. Passing the paper... Punching in, punching out, and getting to retirement. And I don't know who gets held accountable other than the people that are in charge right now. Because guess what? Whatever happened before, if you decided to flip the switch, if you decided to pull military out while leaving what is now about 14,000 civilians behind, then you're the one who owns it. And if you're the one who ignored intel wires, which Joe Biden didn't deny, He ignored intel coming from the embassy, coming from basically what is the CIA. That is the intel wing of the the Department of State saying this isn't going to work. And what does Biden say? Oh, we get we get a lot of wires. Yeah, but how many say if you leave, it will be fucked. This isn't just random emails, right? These are highly classified communications saying, oh, my God. The, the situation on the ground, which is what you pay us to report and to analyze, that situation is shit. And if we leave, this could go badly. And they ignored it. And I believe Biden and his administration ignored it because they wanted the political capital of being in power when we pulled out of Afghanistan. And I bet he had plans to declare that a victory. And it fell apart on him. So why would he do that? Why would he take that risk? Everything else is going bad. Domestically, we are trash. The open border, inflation, the murder rate is rising in every major U.S. city. Crime is up. Biden's approvals were already going down. Now they're tanking. 
And so this was a huge risk by the people around him. I don't think Biden had any clue. He doesn't have a clue. And it's clear, we know, we've known for a while, he's suffering from cognitive decline. And this was the disaster everybody around him was afraid of because you can't hide for too long. Even they knew Biden, even in little 10 minute snippets every couple days, would embarrass himself, would look slow, would look like the levers aren't moving properly. And that's exactly what we're seeing. But keep in mind, while all this is going on, you have a press, right? That's their job to call out any institution, especially the government, whether it's the office of the president of the United States or the U.S. military. So why didn't they do it? Why? I mean, over 20 years, you're going to tell me that we are learning how bad it is now that since those videos of those dorks trying to do jumping jacks when they joined the Afghan army, things haven't gotten better. I mean, kind of assumed, I remember seeing that and it was like, okay, this is where you start. I'm sure these guys have taught people like this to do jumping jacks before. Uh, Wow. So I wonder what happened to those guys in that original video, but the press failed. Well, why? I'm not going to say they failed. I'm not going to say they tried and couldn't find out. They chose not to because the press loves a war. They absolutely do. They love reporting it. Careers are made reporting it. And they are tight with the CIA. Do you remember when uh, Putin or somebody somebody leaked and it was this big deal that Putin, put, Putin had bounties on U.S. soldiers' heads? And I remember the left freaking out about it because Trump was, I don't, wasn't doing something they thought, you know, liberals will be the expert of anything when they need to be. So military operations was the flavor of the day. That was a total lie. That was something that the CIA leaked to keep Trump's administration engaged and concerned about Afghanistan. They do not, they did not want to pull out. The press is all about the military industrial complex. If we're fighting, if we've got conflict in the Middle East or anywhere else, the press is happy. They need material. They need something to report. I mean, as much as they seem to be mad at Joe Biden right now, they've got a story and I'm not buying that bullshit. Yeah, they're, they're doing what they need to do. They're shocked. It's that bad, right? It's that bad that Clarissa Ward from Kabul on CNN saying it is a failure. And what's crazy about it is Biden's openly lying right? I mean, everybody is saying, there's no way. How do you, how do you try to dress this as being a standard operation, as being something you expected when your own military leadership is saying they're stunned, they were surprised. And to go out there and, and say, you know, we, we're going to do what we can and give us a call, get to the airport, that isn't going to fly. That's not going to fly. And, uh, you know, what, we, what, what the hell is going to happen now? Who's going to step down? I mean, is it the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin? I don't know. Uh, the National Security Advisor, Pencil Neck Beta with a Rhodes Scholar. I mean, this guy Kirby, there's this, this, is it John Kirby? He's the press secretary for the Pentagon. He can never answer anything. What they're saying now, this is just since yesterday. They're saying, don't come to the airport. Can you believe this shit? They're telling people it's too dangerous. What's happening is there's a local intel report, the, what's left of the embassy or the office of the embassy at Kabul, which is inhabited by the Taliban now, and the State Department, right? So that is, you know, the, the embassy is the State Department office in any country. So it's really the State Department's telling people 
as they typically do give security updates, it's now too dangerous to come to the airport. They're not saying forever, but that was the update today in Afghanistan. Don't come. Their boss said to come 24 hours ago. So this is going south. I I started thinking yesterday that this weekend, just by the nature of us being the United States and having some troops on the ground, that we were going to start getting more people out. There were 6,000 people out yesterday. I don't know if that was, it was 24 hours. The last 24 hours, about 300 were American. We're flying more foreign nationals out than our own people. Our own people are scared to death to get on these Taliban roads and come to the airport. And now the U.S. State Department says don't come. It's too dangerous. And, and people know it. You look at those videos, right? You look at what is happening right outside the gates. You look at that baby being handed over barbed wire to a U.S. Marine, which is incredibly touching. You don't want to go there. Just because you're an American, what papers are you going to show at a Taliban checkpoint on the way? I mean, what if you're in Kandahar, totally different region, and have hours of wild, wild west road to go just to get to Kabul, let alone the airport? You're not going to do it right now. The British are trying to go out and get people. Hell, they went out and got this kid. This is reported by the New York Post. I don't know if you heard about this kid from, from, from Britain, from the UK, that saw things dismantling and thought it would be cool to go to Afghanistan, and he fucking did. This moron, and it, I, I mean, I found it pretty hilarious when my friend told me about it, got on a plane, flew to Kabul, and was taking selfies in the streets moments before he saw someone beaten to death, heard shots fired, and realized, wow, this is not like Call of Duty modern warfare, and crapped his pants. And he was one of the 169 British citizens that British special forces hit the road, left the airport, and went and rescued. At least they're trying. The French are too. We are not. Our press secretary, John Kirby from the Pentagon, was asked about this. And he couldn't. He didn't have an answer. And all they say now is we're monitoring the situation. Motherfucker, I'm monitoring the situation. And I don't work in the Pentagon. Stop monitoring. Rescue missions are needed. I'm sorry. That's the job of the military. When you tell somebody in the military to be safe, you're telling them not to do their job in as far as combat is concerned. Because right now it's a time for our guys to be dangerous and have the weapon pointed the right way. And there are people that can get to places that they can get to. Don't doubt it. By the hundreds. Helicopters can get out there. Armed gunships that would have no problem getting to them. God help any Taliban camel riding son of a bitch who comes at us. Who wants a piece? Light them up. I don't know why someone from the Taliban hasn't been killed in the last few days. I mean, we need to establish a little bit of control, a little bit of alpha in this, in this theater. But no, no one's going to rescue them. And so it's getting awkward. When Biden spoke, was it, he, he came out in his last, his last little piece of talking, I think was Thursday. You had Kamala Harris standing to his right with a mask on. And as he stammers and struggles to answer questions, you can see it in her eyes. The mask, she, she must love it. Not because she's one of those power-tripping leftists who thinks the mask is a sign of strength and intelligence, which it certainly is not. She wants to be able to hide her face as much as possible. She didn't want to be here. And she must have postponed her trip because she's on her way to Vietnam or in Vietnam now, and then will be going on to Singapore. She's out. Doesn't want to touch this, but had to stand there because she is the so-called uh, champion of women's rights. 
Again, anytime you hear about a Democrat claiming to be a champion of anything, they are no champion. They only advocate for said right, whether it be women's rights or minority rights or what have you. They only do it to advance their own agenda. It is not sincere and is not something they're going to take any kind of risk to do, political or otherwise. So she was forced to stand there because she supposedly cares about women's rights. And that will be the crisis that lives on for the rest of our lives in Afghanistan. No matter how this is solved, no matter when this crumbling stops and whatever is left behind, the women of Afghanistan will take the brunt. They are already beating women to death. They set a woman on fire for cooking a bad meal because that's what they do. They roll into your place and expect the women, your wives and daughters, to cook for them and do God knows what else. Well, some poor lady cooked for these animals and these cave people, these savages, lit her on fire because they didn't like how the food tasted. Now, if you hear from the Secretary of State and the State Department, we are, we are monitoring the situation and we have absolutely told the Taliban what will not be tolerated. They do not give a shit. Everybody knows it. That's the amazing thing. Even in places the leftists don't want to talk about, they're freaking out. Don't mind what they're trying to say on social media. They are laying an egg because these are the people they voted for. And this is so bad, they really don't have an argument about, oh, I still made the right decision because Trump dot, 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 right? Because it's now been what's great for our side is, no, it's mean tweets versus this. You voted against mean tweets and you put a senile old man in a position of power, the most powerful position in the world. This is not only a failure for the United States, it's a failure for the world. And we are being embarrassed to a level that I don't think we've experienced in the history of our country. We're getting right to the point where we were morale-wise when our hostages in Iran were taken and held for many, many days and months. That is the level of shame we are getting to. These bastards, these, these Taliban scumbags, actually in, in United States military garb, high-tech equipment, <laughs> replayed the raising of the U.S. flag in Iwo Jima, the famous statue, the Iwo Jima Memorial. These scumbags have released photos replaying it with their flag. That's the trolling we're taking. Trolling doesn't even capture it. We're having our face rubbed in this. And it's happening because of the guy that was supposedly elected to repair the damage of our image in the eyes of the world. This was Mr. Dignity. He was going to bring the world together. The fucker doesn't even call people. Who knows what phone conversations he's had. He went days without talking to any other leaders. And now the Taliban is mocking us. How does that make you feel? It's got to be terrible. I mean, I'm, I'm having a hard time adding any levity to this show right now because every day I have some ideas and then I start doing research. I start watching news clips, start watching analysis, and I'm horrified. I'm horrified. I didn't think by today, Saturday, when this all started and I got the show back earlier this week, I thought we'd be shifting to how already the media is trying to repair for Joe Biden. I'm not sure they ever will. This could be a 25th Amendment move for Kamala Harris. 
And that would be a possibility as to why the press is going after Biden so hard. It's not from some sense of morality or integrity. These people have none. So when you see them ripping the Biden administration, when they start going after him, next week will be telling. If things aren't improving, and even if they improve a little bit, which I hope they do, let's say they start improving next week. Let's say the Taliban backs down and allows us to get our people out there because they know once we're done, we're gone. And then they'll have a whole country to themselves, which will create another problem that we'll have to watch and talk about and honestly be afraid of. But let's say that goes that way. We can watch the press. I'm not sure they'll start rebuilding for Joe Biden. They might go Trump on him in their own way, right? And they'll use terms like Trump-like. They won't let us forget that no matter what Biden does, he's not worse than Donald Trump. That's never going to happen, okay? You're going to see maybe one or two come out and say, well, actually, things were better. If it wasn't for COVID, we, we, had, we had things measurably better even though the racist, big homophobe was president. You might see a couple say that, but men, most of them won't. What I think they're going to do, I mean, they might try to repair for Joe Biden, but I bet they start building for Kamala. Because if they can get Kamala in with a couple years left, then she can shake this. Now, she's an idiot, and I don't believe, even if she is able to distance herself from the Afghanistan crisis and botched withdrawal, She's so stupid, she's so incompetent, she's such a dingbat, and she's so cringy that she'll damage herself if somehow she becomes president of the United States, the first woman, which I'm sorry, I'll point out the fact that it took an impeachment or a resignation for a woman to be president. She still could, she won't get elected. And that's not because she's a woman. It's because she's an idiot. I don't see her winning unless they pull off some kind of pandemic voting scheme and mailing ballots out to people and allowing them to fill it out in crayon. But keep an eye on the press in the, in the coming days where they go with Joe Biden. If they start hammering them, don't, don't let yourself think they've learned and that they're now going to report objectively on presidents, Democrat or otherwise. That's never going to happen. Journalism school is still going to be grinding out and churning out leftist socialists into the press corps. That's not going to stop, Right. These are the, the same colleges that are moving further left, becoming more communist. And that doesn't change in journalism school. It's worse, right? The arrogance, the elitism, that's not going to change. So don't get excited. Don't think we have a press corps now that we can count on, right? This is, thank God, we have the Fox News, the podcasts, the online outlets, and people that will try their best to hold Democrat administrations accountable, leftist administrations accountable. That's all we got. That's all we're going to have. We're not going to have CNN. We're not going to have NBC or any of these guys. So if they go after Joe, I think it's because of Kamala. And enjoy it a little bit because they are freaking out. Know that behind the eyes, behind the pancake makeup, the people that we despise are hurting. And I enjoy it. That's one thing that coming out of this is to see them realize that they were a part of getting this man elected and there's blood on their hands. And when the dust settles from this, that is going to be what we need to do. We need that light back on the press, just like Trump did, and calling them out. CNN sucks. CNN got people killed. CNN lied and people died. That's what I want to hear. F them if they think they get to walk away from this. But 
they've ignored the Biden administration ignored everything everything domestic. You know, crime is up, murder rates are up, the borders a mess, and these failures are now going to get some attention because of Afghanistan, right? It becomes part, they all become parts of this total failure of a first year of the Biden presidency. And shame on his family and shame on the people who knew he was declining when he was running for the office. It's widely known in Washington from multiple sources that his family was worried and they should have stepped in. When people have cognitive decline, they're not necessary. They're rarely self-aware. They're not going to self-manage and say, I can't do this, especially when it's an opportunity that Joe Biden has dreamed of for 60 years. And the guy has failed to be able to do it, has been passed on, couldn't get elected out of a primary numerous times. And now this was his chance. Being a little slower probably in his mind, being a little more tired, wasn't going to stop him. And it only happened because of one COVID and, of course, the press giving so much cover for all of the voting changes that happened at the last minute and led to what happened on January 6th, which from the most part, I support. But instead of going after people who likely colluded and worked for the DOJ, I just now saw they're going after this guy, Owen Schroyer, who's kind of a goofball, who is is like the new Alex Jones. He's at InfoWars. He's going to federal prison on Monday for being on the Capitol steps on January 6th. Why? Because apparently at some point in 2019, during a press briefing with the one Jerry Nadler, the Democrat from the House who's over, basically he's Mr. Impeach Trump for everything, big bloated guy, who had some kind of like medical issue during during some hearing. He's, I guess, fine now, which is good, but he's a massive leftist liberal nutcase. Schroyer stepped up and essentially yelled at him as Nadler was trying to avoid answering questions. Well, what they did was they did some kind of banishment against Owen Schroyer for doing that, probably doing what people did to Trump and Trump's administration on the daily in press briefings. Owen Schroyer did it, God forbid, how dare you? And so not long after, the Biden administration issued this restriction. Well, on January, it wasn't Biden, it was, um, sorry, Nadler's office went through the congressional office and they got this guy restricted from the Capitol building. So being on the steps, right, which is public property, was a violation. And they're going after him. It's insane. That's purely targeted. And uh, things things might get better, but they're certainly not changing culturally. Just one example, Bank of America is now teaching their employees that three-year-olds, that toddlers are racist, that essentially racial bias starts at three. And that's part of their corporate education, all a part of critical race theory, which is essentially Marxism saying that capitalism is racist. This is, this vi- that's the virus. COVID has given cover for these leftist viral ideas to not only penetrate schools, but now private companies. And these people in power at these private companies only promote and hire individuals like-minded of them who are just like them of the same beliefs. And that's what we have to worry about. Right? That's what you have to worry about if you have to work at these places. You can't share what you think. You can't question this. Imagine saying, I'm not going to the critical race theory training we have on Monday. They can you, regardless of what you've contributed to the company, because they're massive and they can absorb it. What's one or two people? They don't have to care about the why. 
on paper, your contract probably says you cannot refuse to do any corporate training. And they could argue that you, you're not learning your job and they could can you for cause. That's what's going to happen at Bank of America. And there are people that are, imagine how miserable it must be to sit through this crap and watch some woke left-wing throwback from the 60s tell you you're racist or your friends are racist because of the color of their skin and that their children are probably already racist because, hey, it starts at three. So if you got a five-year-old white dude, you got a five-year-old racist. Shame on you. You owe the rest of us for even reproducing that little racist. Well, they had to be disappointed. The guy that I think had, it turned out to be a fake bomb at the Capitol who surrendered, fortunately went on Facebook Live and, and didn't, you know, he was just basically angry at Joe Biden. So they couldn't run with that. I thought when that happened, we were going to see a lot of oh, white supremacy is still here. Don't forget the insurrection. Well, it's all gone now, folks. We get to tell our liberal friends that they were fucking idiots again. And again, friends. I don't have them anymore. I no longer am the way I used to be. I'm like, oh, I can hang out with anybody, spend time with anybody if we disagree. Not anymore. The people who disagree with me are uninformed and are emotionally unkept. They're not together. They're, I mean, some of them, I can tell their hygiene suffering. They hate Trump so much. Why would I want to be around them? They're stupid and they smell. So I don't. My free time is valuable. I don't have a lot of it. So I'm spending it with like-minded people. And yeah, do I read some leftist things to just keep my eye on it? Sure. It never improves. It's never moving. And it's cliche. But January 6th is no longer an insurrection. So people who say that now are just pushing propaganda. And you could just post that link. Have some fun with them. Drive them crazy. Because you know they'd be all about it if the FBI said otherwise and was actually charging people with conspiracy to overthrow the government and actually committing the insurrection. There's only one insurrection that we need to watch. And that's the one the United States allowed that President Biden allowed in Afghanistan. And thank God that's still a story. And thank God we live in an era where the press can't hide us and they're the only ones or hide us from it. They're the only ones filming because people are filming and they can't keep a lid on it. They've been forced to call out Joe Biden. Let's see how long it lasts. Let's see how what happens, what the media agenda becomes, because they'll all align just like the Associated Press. They're going to align behind something. Is it going to be get Kamala elected? I think, I mean, get her, get her instated, get her, <laughs> get her promoted. And they got to get Joe Biden out of the way to do that. I don't think it'll be very hard. If the press unites and points to phone calls and lies led by the Biden administration, if he loses the press, he has nothing, right? He can't, Biden, can't, he can't do a press conference with an objective press, let alone hostile. If they go after him in any way, like they went after Trump, Biden can't handle it. He'll be putting lids on on the day by 8.30 a.m. Eastern, if he's even up at that time. So this isn't even just a young guy, a healthy person that can't take it politically. This is somebody who not only can't take it politically, but can't take it physically or emotionally. So that is in the hands of the press. And honestly, it would require them to just do their job. Any sitting president going through this, and if this continues to be just a massively botched, not only operation, but response, and only 100 people are getting out per day, 100 Americans. And the press keeps looking into us, and they find not only was this a massive failure, but there were lies that led to it. And if it shows that Joe Biden knew the situation, knew that um, and had an opportunity to communicate and didn't with his people on the ground in Afghanistan via the various agencies like the Secretary of State, the FBI, who you know, the CIA, if his administration chose not to do its job, there could be a high crime or misdemeanor and there could be an impeachment 
or politically, this could just be so bad. The Democrats are like, we're going to take a massive hit politically if he resigns. They'll make it about, I don't know. I don't know Biden will have the ego to say it's about health or finally capitulate to that, which would be true. Not only that, but his political failure and his failure as a leader. I don't know that happens. I don't know how they get him to resign. That would be a lot quicker and really more feasible than an impeachment. I don't see a Democrat House impeaching Biden for anything. I really don't. I don't see Pelosi buying into it. I think it'd be too much of a hit for her to take. She'd know that by the time impeachment were completed and it got to a Senate hearing, and that would be when he'd pull a Nixon and resign. That would be next year. Guess what? That's getting too close to midterms. So either she bites the bullet and they take it and they try to float him past the end of 2022 and then deal with it and maybe have him resign, or she does it now. Because if he loses Pelosi, it's over. The Speaker of the House of his own party turns on him, especially if it's her, then it's over. He's going to have to resign. I, I don't see how else he stays. But these are Democrats, and even me just talking about it, I'm falling for it as if they would change. They don't care. They don't care about you. They don't care about integrity. They don't care about results. They just care about staying in power. And there are plenty of Republicans that are the same. But I got to pick one or the other, and there's not even a question. I'm a Republican. I'm conservative. I am all about Trumpism. And I think we've got a shot. I think Trumpism can come back. I'm not saying it's going to be. Um, you know, one thing I want to switch gears here real quick is I mentioned the Arizona audit yesterday. Again, that's a problem. We need to let go. The, the 2020 election is over. If we are clear-eyed and move forward and start voting for people that are aligned policy-wise and ideally with the Donald Trump presidential strategy, I don't care if it's a local city council person or the governor of your state, we're going to be in good shape because these are results-oriented people and they're people that want to fix the mess caused by Democrats. Whomever follows Joe Biden is going to have one of the worst scenarios, probably just like what Jimmy Carter left Ronald Reagan. And that gives us a shot to the level of somebody like Reagan being elected. It's going to take somebody like the Gipper, and maybe it's Donald Trump 2.0, to fix this mess. It's something I'm willing to pray for and hope for. And as we get closer to that day, I'll provide whatever data I can to give you an idea of what might happen. But between now and then, you've got midterms. And we've got to keep our eye on the left, on the press, and see where they're going to go with this because don't think they've changed and don't think they care about us. Have a great rest of the weekend. And as soon as I'm able, definitely by Monday, but maybe tomorrow if things, you know, we got a pretty crazy news pace right now. If there's something to update you on or provide you that you can easily listen to, and that's what I want to do for this podcast, I will do it. Have a great weekend and God bless. Take care.